I got a little itch, Tom. <laughs> you got a little itch? Yeah. Now, is, is this the is this the common, like, totally family-friendly sort of itch where, you know, you, you, you want to know something, you have a, a yearning to learn? Nope. I have a physical itch. Physical itch. Yeah. It's been plaguing something me a, for a little while. Something that a clinic needs to address? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm sorry about that. Yep. I, I wish there was a way that we could help you out with that without, uh, you know, getting going to blue, you know? Uh, Garrett, you got anything that could help him out with that? Man, I think I think maybe a nice a nice game that maybe discusses some of these issues you're having, talks about uh, some possible discomfort. I prefer in detail, if that's okay. Pre- graphic detail. In, in graphic, graphic detail. detail. Hmm. How to address these horrible, disgusting bodily issues? Well, we have the game for you. But first, hello and welcome to Roll and Move, the internet's podcast that takes a look at the weirdest worst and sometimes completely inappropriate in this case uh games that there are that have been published on cardboard or any type of board and we play them for you and we talk about them what makes them work what makes them not work and uh really it's just uh this is just a freak show that we got for you today i am your first co-host and one of the creators of rough draft games thomas youngerberg and with me here as always is garrett lively i've told i've just been baptized into the cards against humanity family but i i think i'm i think i'm I'm feeling a little gross, so I don't know. <laughs> feeling a little gross? I'm feeling a little grimy. There's no going back. And, and with us here also is... Uh, Jeff Lee, I once purchased a prostitute with the same name as my dog for $1,000. <laughs> I, I, I hope that it was just as enjoyable of, the, of, of an experience as hanging out with uh, your favorite pooch. Yeah, I got to pet her. Are you feeling a little bit more awake this uh, this episode, Jeff? I'm not going to fall asleep on us. Oh, well, we'll see. I don't know if I can fall asleep <laughs> in this episode for sure. Going to be up with nightmares after this one. Uh, guys, we have, a, we have a very special treat for you guys today. Uh, I thought that this was just going to be another Monopoly clone. Spoiler alert. I did too. I was it's pleasantly not. surprised. Garrett, do you want to tell them what we're playing to get today? And it's going to be a little bit of a blue episode, ladies and gentlemen, because we have quite the... Uh, Quite the lewd and crude game here. Quite the offensive game. We, so we, if that's we, not your bag, we've got the you better leave. We've got the explicit tag on 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 our podcast, right? Like on a spot. Yeah, but yeah, if we, we can, we got the explicit. But if we can bold we'll, that explicit this week, I think this is the week to do it. So my God, yeah, it needs it. It needs all the disclaimers that uh, that we can get. Like if Midnight Outburst, like had all those exclaimer cards on it. That's just like, hey, you don't want to play this game. Watch out, kids. This game is like, this game walks up to that game and just punches it right in the face as far <laughs> as inappropriate everything yeah, goes. For everything. Sure. It's if it's offensive, it's lewd, it's crude, it's pretty interesting. Nanny, if you're listening, I'd encourage you to turn this episode off. Just skip this episode, go to the next one. Uh, Mom, right. you know, you're, you're probably not going to love this, but. You're already ashamed of you're already ashamed of Garrett enough. Anyone Garrett from work, and, uh, please listen yeah. to maybe our um, "Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader" episode or <laughs> Butt Quest. This is this is it, also if this is your first time listening to Roll and Move. Don't start here. This is probably <laughs> don't start. <laughs> please here. Just find another episode first. Come back to this a little later in the catalog. Well, depending on who you are, it's right. only going to go downhill or uphill. So I'm not. Sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> it's only if if you're. I, I think we're, we're hyping this game up so much here, Garrett. We got to reveal it. What is the game that we're taking a look at today? Uh, so today we were looking at Pimps and Hoes, um, the craziest adult board game ever made, self-proclaimed. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the deluxe edition. <laughs> I, I I don't know what makes it the deluxe edition. Do they sell anything but the deluxe edition? Uh, I I don't know. I think I think I was so this their website's now defunct, but I was kind of browsing through, and I think the deluxe edition features a couple of snippets from the expansions that you can purchase. So it's got a couple cards that refer to the uh, refer to different flavors of the the expansion. So I, I think that's what the deluxe edition entails. I'm not 100 percent sure on that. I know originally they were hand making these games with like a scalpel and like a um, you know those mm-hmm. those cutting boards. Uh, like the big yeah, if you go to guillotine. so this game was made by uh, Weaver Games, mm-hmm. right? Weaver Games, and they specialize in crazy slash adult games uh, that have really creative and crazy content. And if you go to their about section and they say, "How did you guys start?" They're talking about exactly what you're saying, which is that they they started in a garage and they cut out all the pieces with like scalpels and they did everything themselves and they got their drawings, and they just Jeez. tried to make it the work out of their garage. True hustle. And so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, they got that street hustle. You know what I'm saying? You, you got to be able to roll with it. Uh, but <laughs> And this is the right game to be able to do that with. So these guys, I can't find any information and, like, solid names of who these guys are. I just know that it's Weaver Games. It's probably smart. <laughs> it's probably smart. It's they really might, smart. They might have scrubbed this from their uh, their history. <laughs> the reason that I wanted to look it up is because I I was convinced that the creators of this game had to be like writers or ghost writers or something like that. They had to do something mm. something along those lines because we're going to be going and talking a lot about the copy and the contents of this game. Yeah, and there there is a disclaimer in the rules and and I think we should read it just for our episode as well. Um I'm going to I'm just This game uses offensive language, has really low morals, and intentionally creates rivalry between between players. Do not play this game if you find sexual or low moral content offensive. If you like sexual and low moral content, then you're about to have a great time. So that is the the parental (laughs) that's the parental advisory right here on the on the game box and the rules. Right. If you go to their website, you you see them. They have like a bunch of uh, strippers. Uh, posing with the board game box. I mean, you get what you're you get what you're looking for. I mean, if you're gonna play a game called Pimps and Hoes, mm-hmm. you can't really be that too pissed off. It's about on the it. box. It's like, like the, it's, it's like watching Howard Stern, yeah, and going, oh, I can't believe he said that. It's like, what are you, <laughs> what are you doing? Like this, this is what it is. Yeah. Um. But we've we've seen tons of Monopoly clones. Get, uh, Jeff, can you tell us a little bit about some of the Monopoly inspired games that we've played? In the past on this show. We have played Brewopoly, if I remember correctly. We have played... I've stumbled across... I live in a city called Dublin next to Pleasanton. And Pleasanton's Walmart has its own mm-hmm. uh, Pleasantonopoly. <laughs> we played a ton of different Monopoly clones for sure. And they're the same. They're all the same. When we came across this game, we thought it was going to be the same. Yeah, I mean, we, yeah. We also played direct Monopoly spinoffs with, I think, Monopoly for Millennials. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And, and then Monopoly is also pervasive throughout the board game culture, and especially the role and move genre of being completely out of control of everything you're doing. So it, it certainly had its fair, it, it, probably the most influential game, especially on our, our podcast. So. Right, yep. and whenever we saw something that sort of that deviated from the standard pattern, like even with Brewopoly, like oh, they had these cool challenge cards, but there was only two of them. Yeah. Or uh, with Monopoly for Millennials, they had like a couple other cards that would spice things up. Pimps and Hoes comes in, and it does that exact <laughs> same concept yep. 
but it takes it to like a level 10. Like I've never I've never seen a game this uh to sort of get into the spirit of the game. This balls out, balls to the wall <laughs> with uh <laughs> with with its uh this balls deep. Yeah. Of uh, of what it's trying to do here with the uh, with the theme, it makes you really feel like you know that you're playing sort of an, a Monopoly clone, but it comes into its own insane version of something that's semi new. Yeah. W- with that, do you think it's time, Jeff? I we, think it's uh, absolutely time. All right. Why don't you uh, Garrett, tell us? Why don't you crack open uh, crack open this little uh, this Pandora's box here? Ooh, of, what's in the uh, box? Well, first, what's in the box? Before we open up the box, let's talk about the outside of the box because okay. you you should know exactly what you're getting to just from you you look at this box on the shelf and you you're like, oh god. Jeez, uh, I have to have a, it. That's a little graphic. <laughs> you know those magazines in like the airports? They got the little black cover over so that you can't you can't see the explicit content. Yeah, um, yeah. I feel like if this were actually in any retail store, that this would be needed because right on the cover of the box, we have um, what are described in the game as two hoes and one mm-hmm. pimp. They are quite busty. You can see mm-hmm. some. Um, protrusion in the chest area of maybe some mammary glands we've got a condom dispenser for the pimp is carrying with small medium and large we have the itchy clinic with a bend over sign right on the side of it and uh an enter from rear just sign just posted right there Um, rule the city of hotropolis by running all rival pimps out of business dot 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 hilarious is the yeah just the catchphrase right on the box so i think it delivers <laughs> and our our pimp of course has the feather in the hat he's got his gold uh gold, his gold teeth he's got his bling he's mm-hmm. got he's got everything ring on each finger so inside this box we have our player pieces i believe this game's for two to eight players so there are eight different player pieces two hoes four pimps and then two um i guess miscellaneous items you have a fedora with a feather in the hat and then you have the aforementioned. Yeah, it's just a giant. It's it's a a giant pair of tits, right? <laughs> it's just a floating. A, think of the flying spaghetti monster, but just breasts <laughs> hovering about five feet off the ground. That's what the player it's like piece Frylock, is. but boobs. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's it's not it's not a woman with the breasts. It's just breasts. Like it's it's right. just cut out. They take out any other part of the body, and it's just a pair mm-hmm. of boobs there. <laughs> that is the player close piece. crop yeah um anyways we've got uh, by the way these player pieces i don't know if y'all noticed but they're just um little bifold pieces of paper that you stick in little player stands so they're they're not they're oh. not super high quality but that's it's fine not like cardboard or anything, but, okay. <laughs> you, you get what you pay for i think in real life and this mm-hmm. game two two <laughs> dice uh we have three different decks of cards uh we have the mob boss cards we have the um, big house cards and we have the uh, incident cards and then you have your different hoe cards which are just they're they're <laughs> i'm this is the game it's not me i'm sorry i'm sorry mom i'm sorry dad uh <laughs> this is uh, garrett i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure you made this game garrett. Yeah, the, i'm yeah, pretty the, sure you wrote uh, this scrub because that's why we're featuring this game is because you want to get it out <laughs> yeah, this i don't know why you guys can't find the name i, I know exactly who made it the the hoe cards are the equivalent of the property cards and monopolies oof <laughs> 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 So, so oh man 
You know, I think I think this game is just trying to take a very it's a very critical look at the culture of commodifying and objectifying women, which is exactly what this game is doing. It's critiquing a culture, a male-driven culture which sees women as property and it's it's making fun of that. It's poking fun at it. What a really good rhetorical criticism of the problems of today's society. So, I applaud you board game creators for being so insightful with your uh, the symbolism of your uh, translation of monopoly pieces to uh pimps and hoes yeah so truly a forward-thinking game bravo i will say though there are there are also male prostitutes in the game as well which is one of the first prostitutes that i own so there you go yeah and you got like all sorts of uh i like you got you got black pimps you got white pimps i think is was there an asian pimp in there there was an asian hoe there's an asian hoe okay so you get some representation across like yeah (laughs) yeah. <laughs> sure. Uh, yes, this game in no way objectifies or sensationalizes any <laughs> any one group. The game, right. the game with a giant floating pair of tits does not. Everything's okay. Everything's yeah. okay. Also in the box, uh, we have the board game board. This is a classic Monopoly style. Um, they 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 make it a little wavy, but it, it's a square. You just go around in a square um, on the little mm-hmm. spaces, collecting property. Um, certain spaces have card designation. So if you land on an MB spot, you draw a mob boss card. If you land on an I spot, you draw the um, incident cards. There's a jail, and then a lot a lot of just like little jokes, little jabs on the board. Um, there's some puns. We have the Texas Interstate Truck Stop, also known as Tits. We have the Poker Palace Casino, Enter from Rear, uh, the Law Office of Dewey Scroom and How, and then the Three Holes Country Club, among others. So tons of little gags, little little innuendos. They, they and, never miss an opportunity to mm-hmm. uh, throw, to a, throw in the punchline. Yeah. What Monopoly ripoff would be complete without just insane amounts of paper money? What does it look like, Garrett? I don't think because we we kept track of ours in just a spreadsheet because we play virtually. I'm curious to see if there's anything on the money itself. Got the uh, the main pimp right there. In the ah, center. Okay. It's, okay. It's actually less. I will say this is the and we didn't play with the money, but it is the one thing that they didn't take a chance to like fully expound yeah. expound their um their artistic privilege. It's like the most PG thing in the game, right? And it, it you know it's kind of boring, honestly, the money. So anyway. That that is what's in the box. Um, I I, mm-hmm. I guess we should start with the rules and and yeah, kind of the differences. The object of the game, yeah. Yeah. So if you're familiar with Monopoly, obviously you want to be the last person standing, um, and you do that by collecting property and forcing other people to pay you money, and and just generally losing money at a slower rate than everybody else. Because generally in these Monopoly style games, there's this economy where you're going to constantly be losing money. Sometimes you'll you'll get some bumps in, in income, but for the most part. As you move around the board, as the game progresses, it's a it's a negative draw, and you are losing your resources. The differences, though, are that there is no uh, artificial inflation of the economy, like a monopoly, where every time you go around the board, you collect $200. That's taken out. Uh, mm-hmm. The jail mechanic is very different, where... When you're when you're in jail, there's a there's a little new mini game where you can either choose to hire an attorney for two hundred dollars, and if you do that, you still have to roll, and you have to roll a seven or higher, or you can choose to represent yourself, and you have to roll exactly a seven. Right. If you fail on either of those fronts, you draw a uh, big house card, and those are usually just awful. Like they're terrible. <laughs> like 
<laughs> we should have another nuts. disclaimer for just this section because they're the, the worst part about this game, I think. In terms all right. Of, you, can, you can just do a little bit of mental math here, right? You have a game made in like 2004 that is that is reveling in its inappropriateness and you're in the big house. You can imagine what the copy is on all the big house cards for punishing the player for remaining in a prison, right? It's it's very lewd, it's very crude, and it's all prison rape jokes. Yes. Pretty much all of it. Doesn't hide it at all. It is like it's you something terrible happens to you while you're in prison and then you pay the clinic a certain amount of money to try and fix it. Now, one thing I will say about this that's worth noting is that, is it true, Garrett, that every single one of the big house cards has unique copy written on it, right? Every single card is numbered. So yes, they, they are they are unique. And I the highest number I saw was 80. So I think there are 80 unique big house cards that have different uh, flavor text at the very least. So the flavor text being the situation that causes mm-hmm. you to go to the clinic to have to, you know, take the yeah. penalty payment or pu- to punish you for being in jail. Whereas in a game like Brewopoly or a lot of the other Monopoly spinoffs, they simply say something like, uh, the flavor text is maybe a sentence long or sometimes it repeats. Sure. It's like, yeah. uh, you didn't get out this time, pay a fine of $200. Right. This gives you a full paragraph description to try and pull you into their ridiculous world that they're creating and to just it's i i hesitate to use the phrase world building but if they're coming up with a unique situation to make you pay this amount of money and again and again and again it's it's almost like they realize that they have to be as ridiculous and over the top as they can it's, with their descriptions to keep you interested. It's great canon, like for sure. I think like, and you know, we talked about the fact that there was expansion to this game and it kind of builds out the world a bit more and you kind of imagine yourself weirdly in this strange like Monopoly setting of Pips and Hoes. And yeah, I think they, of, of the thing they do the best, I think they definitely thematically build out the game. I'll, I'll also say what, and while most of them have um, maybe similar end results and that you lose money, they direct that money in different ways. So they'll say, give it to another player, give it to the bank, or I guess as we go further into the rules, there's also the clinic, which is basically the often house ruled uh, monopoly variant where you throw money the um, into the middle and in, into the middle, and it's the free parking spot. They they make that an official rule, the clinic money. So they they redirect your money, and so I, I was actually just looking through, and even if you take out the flavor text, I saw I was looking specifically for paying the bank. I only mm-hmm. saw that come up twice with the exact same amounts. So they are they are actually fairly unique as they as they go through. So even even if you took out the flavor text, this is mostly differences. I mean, they are mostly unique cards. Well, I think my favorite, and you're probably going to get to these pretty soon, my, one of my favorite variants of this game that sort of diverges from the Monopoly thing, in addition to its unique flavor text, is the Mob Boss cards. Yes, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, a, again, uh, another space that you can land on are these Mob Boss cards. And they're they're kind of like your chance, or what are they called, community chess cards in Monopoly. Right, yeah. Except they are very specifically, as the game said, trying to create rivalries among the players. And so these get, these cards are basically use-at-any-time cards, and you kind of throw them out. And they're essentially the the mechanic in like um, Munchkin or any gotcha game or any take-that game. You're just holding mm-hmm. on to this card, and it, the game encourages you to use it as a threat to really put, put your other players in bad positions to make them go bankrupt, um, to make them lose all their 
all yeah, that it's like the small semblance of strategy that's built into this game where you can actually have a decision that you can sure. make mm-hmm. or um, strategically throughout these cards and, and kind of mix some of the game up, especially if someone's in the lead. So. And these are almost always targeted at other players and not yourself. So so mob boss cards are generally all positive if you're the player uh, gaining them, while the big house cards are almost always negative. And then the incident cards are kind of a mismatch right. of both. And do we can we give them a sort of a taste of some of these mob boss cards? Do you have some of the ones that uh, won't get us yelled at by your mom uh, <laughs> on hand, Carrot? Uh, sure. We have the pimp war. Uh, you initiate a pimp war. Choose any two pimps to go to war. Um, and they each roll both dice. Whoever wins the best two out of three rolls takes $500 from the loser. And they have different variations of that where you take $500 or you take some of the hoes from the other players. Put them in jail, yeah. etc. Yeah. Um, what? Where's the drive-by shooting one? The drive. <laughs> Read that one. It was great. There, there's, there's a lot of combinations that you can play where it's like, for example, I had a card that just said, "Screw the bullshit." <laughs> demand five hundred, five hundred dollars from one player and steal a hoe from somebody else. As direct as you can be. <laughs> as, as, as direct and mean as you could possibly be. You execute a drive-by shooting on any rival pimp, have one pimp hold up their hose, and you blindly choose one that gets shot. The hoe goes back to the mob <laughs> boss. So it's basically just taking their property. And I, I don't want this property, but it's just going back into the economy. It's awesome. It's just into uh, the economy. Just, I will say, like, very rarely in this show, I mean, we've seen it all. Very rarely in the show do you get jaw drops, but I'm pretty sure when we're playing this game, there are some pretty long pauses as we were playing through. And just, Yeah, there's hide the dead body, there's pimp war, there's drive-by shootings, there's your mob boss taking a liking to your hose and stealing them from you. I mean, it's there's a gambit of just insane scenarios, scenarios they come up yeah. with and they throw it in there. It's, it's, it is quite unique across the board in every single deck, which I'll give credit for. Thomas put it pretty well earlier, and he said something to the tune of, this is like Grand Theft Auto, but in Monopoly version. And I, yeah, that, I think that holds pretty true. Right. If you're if you're okay with the ridiculousness, if you can if you can go along with the ride for about 60 minutes and maybe you got a couple drinks in you and you're with the right crowd, you can... You can play this game. Problem with Monopoly is it's that you get the same thing again and again. But with all these unique cards and like sort of the creative ways that they allow you to do similar things, but they switch it up just enough with the added flavor text that they make the process unique. They make it a lot more stomachable to play a longer game like this one. And we even said, oh, this game's going to take forever. Yeah. Start with $5,700 and you're constantly buying, taking each other's... Uh, prostitutes and it's going to extend the game but the mob boss cards aren't the only cards they also have uh incident cards right Gary? yeah incident cards are like i said kind of a mishmash of good and bad um and they're those are read aloud cards so the mob boss cards are the only ones that you read privately and you you keep them to yourself and you can choose when to play them all the other cards you just read aloud and whatever it says happens um mm-hmm. and so these are these are the the younger more innocent brother to the to the to the big house cards they uh they're bad, but they're not always just excruciating. Just <laughs> excruciating to read, straight up mutilation. Uh, I'll read a. I'll read one here. Yeah, give give some. So nice some of them, some here. of them say charades. Act this out silently, um, and you get four hundred dollars. Um, so you want to act out this scene. You're about to give someone oral sex, but when you get down there, their ass stinks. So you gotta <laughs> act gotta that act out. out. And if somebody guesses it, you get four hundred dollars. So it could be good, you know. Maybe, so maybe. very, very good that. Yeah. 
it's also incorporating the things that we said we liked about Brewopoly and the fact that there's physical challenges. Mm-hmm. That's present in here, mm-hmm. too, yep. in addition to the unique and, text. And then there's some just classic ones, like one of your hoes breaks in and steals all the money in the clinic. Classic. Take all the money from the clinic. Do not go to the clinic. If no money is in the clinic, pay $100 to repair the break-in damage. So those are your classic chance or, or community chess mm-hmm. cards from Monopoly. So there's a mismatch of those. And I think there's over 100 of the incident cards. I think 80 mm-hmm. of the big house cards, and I think like 40 or 50 of the mob boss cards. So there's, a, like I said, just a huge variety of scenarios that is, that is going on here. Do you have any other incident cards that you can read that are a little bit, that'll give them a little bit more taste of the extreme? Sure. The, we have the beer bitch card. You're now the beer bitch. Make sure everyone's glass is full for the rest of the game. So that is, uh, that is, a, that's a real that's life like consequences actual, card. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Hot, high player interaction. Your hoe gets chosen for a trick with the fecal freak. Wanting to make a good impression, <laughs> she has Mexican chili and beer for lunch. Uh, pay the clinic $300 to treat the client's third-degree burns and extract an impacted <laughs> bean from his eye. So the, God! It's just so graphic. No! Like, how do they think of this stuff? An impacted, the impacted be- bean, I don't in know. In his eye, yeah. <laughs> and that's just to get you to pay money to the clinic, yeah, right? Yeah. They could have done clinic. anything. Yep. They could have done, like, just pay $300 to the clinic, but instead they craft this disgusting tale that you'd see in a Mad Magazine copy or something like that. Sure. It's, they they took the long route on everything <laughs> that they did here. Crafted with love. Every single card is crafted with love took and thoughtfulness. The long route. It's, that's what they did. Yeah. And I feel like, so those are, those are all three of our sort of variant cards, right? Everything right. else is you're moving around. One thing I will say that's special about the property or the uh, the hoe cards mm-hmm. is that it's no longer it's not monopoly where it's a flat fee every time you right. uh, land on the space. There's actually a sliding scale that you pay. Mm-hmm. So you have low low cost cards, uh, which are you your low class hoes, a little bit more trashy. Yeah, low class, mm-hmm. middle class, and high class hoes. And if you land on a high-class hoe, you could wind up paying upwards of $1,000 if you landed on her when you rolled an 11. Or if you landed on if you landed on maybe a hoe when you rolled a mid-number, if you landed on one of your guys uh, like Stefan or something like that, he's a middle-class hoe, you wind up paying something along the lines of like $500. So right. the roll that you, you have when you land on the space determines the amount that you pay so there's a little bit of variation there so in order to keep things fresh to sometimes make the damage worse or to make to make the damage less impactful just to keep the game a little bit more interesting yeah i i think just to give listeners uh, a mental image of kind of what's going on here um let's take roxy for example jeff's aforementioned um hoe that he owns that is also his pet we have roxy the one thousand dollar high class hoe for example, if you roll a one or a two, it's free. You keep it, you cheapskate. If you roll a three or a four when you land on her, you pay $200 for the succulent scrotum suck. If oh, you roll a five or a six, what? you pay $400, and you better last five minutes. If you roll a seven or an eight, you pay $600. And she asks, is this all you got? Three inches? So each of these price tiers are labeled with quotes from the, from Roxy, yeah. from the from prostitute, Roxy, yeah. right? And each of the quotes is different from every single one of the hosts yeah. because you have Roxy, who is, I think one of them is like a dominatrix. You have one guy who's like a cowboy. You have another guy. There's school or, girl, yeah, there's twins, yeah. etc. Like each of these is themed. And if you go to the website the crack whore. on the Wayback Machine, they have a history of each of the fictional hoes in the game. 
each of them has their own backstory that you can look and you can read Full it. Now, some canon. of the text is missing. Yeah. It's all canon. It's in the story. And you can learn more about the city of, and they call it this, Hotropolis <laughs> is the city that you are in. The Golden that has City. has a backstory. Right? Yeah. And there's these unique buildings and there's all these tiles. There's a lot of variants to this game. There are, there are some problems, though, that we kept discussing. We kept landing on spaces as we were playing in the games that didn't do nothing. Right. So you want to explain what these these spaces were that just nothing happened? Yeah, so as I mentioned, I got the Deluxe Edition, which I believe incorporates a, a few parts that are going to be introduced in expansions. And so there's a handful, I don't know, maybe maybe 10, around 10 different spaces that are marked EXP, and they just have a little green box on them. And essentially what happens is when you roll on them, the rules say uh, if you have the corresponding expansion, you follow those directions. So for the base game, these these spaces are just nothing. They're, they're basically free parking Blank, and Monopoly, yeah. which is a little frustrating in a game that you're trying to dwindle everyone's resources. And there's a you know, a percentage close to 20% of the spaces just don't do anything. So yeah, there's, yeah. there's times when you're rolling around and moving and they, and they don't, they just do nothing. Um, so actually this was Thomas's, I, I believe biggest complaint as we were going through this is that he kept landing on these spaces and just, he wasn't progressing it's his a waste game. of a turn. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't regressing his game. His game was just stagnant for, for large portions of time. Um, however, we did, we did discover that some of these spaces are explored in the mob boss cards for example, there's a casino space, and if you land on it while you have the Mob Boss Casino card, it's like a mission almost. Like you're trying mm -hmm. to get to the casino while you have this card, and if you land on it, you make a thousand dollars. So they right. they have a couple of things, but I, I I looked through, I only saw two or three out of the ten or so spaces that are marked that way. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that was that was definitely um, kind of a detrimental aspect of this game as far as the base game is concerned. And, yeah, and like I yeah, said, we, we don't have sure. the expansion, so we can't really speak up, speak to those. I feel like there, there could have been other ways to do that too. Like rather than working the expansion pack, uh, spaces into the base game and just saying, sorry, this isn't open yet. Uh, you could have just had like another board or you could had like something that you set up alongside this game with the expansion pack to include those new spaces. Mm -hmm. Give the, give the state, give the, space is multi-functions right mm. yeah. something that it does in the base game and then change it to what it does in the expansion yeah. and that just it's it's sort of like bound your hands that if you want to get the full access to this game then you have to spend 1999 on the expansion pack yeah and it's really strange because like yeah it's like obviously they're, they're trying to cash grab there and try to get you to buy the expansions but i've never seen it so like overtly you know evident in the base game that the, the, like right. basically you can't finish you can't play the game to its full extent without buying the expansion so it's not a complete it's not really a complete game per se does it remind you jeff of like some of the weird apps that you see yeah like, a, like the yeah exactly like a microtransaction game yep. it's like yeah like unlock this to be or like you can't play for 24 hours unless you buy these credits or whatever and you're just like well what's the point <laughs> yeah yeah i i think if you compare it to a game like scythe where in the original base game they had the expansions marked on the board but you could still like you said it's multifaceted you can still go in and use those spots for a different uh, a different faction that hasn't been introduced yet and you can still use it as a normal space and and do whatever whatever the game allows you to do on certain kinds of spaces so yeah i wouldn't I, have been mad that they marked the expansion like you're saying it's like you're saying it's just so just give it some purpose give it some purpose yeah it's just like blank it's nothing uh well i i think we're coming to the end of sort of how the game works do you guys want to take a look at what some of the people online are saying about it before we get into our own opinions let's do it okay 
Uh, there's not a lot of reviews uh, for this game, surprisingly, right? <laughs> uh, on Board Game Geek, the only the only review that we have with text is by the user named Velcro, spelled with a one and a zero instead of the uh, just in the middle of the name. Uh, and he says a top trumps kind of game where hoes are sent to the streets to ply their wares by indifferent pimps in order to hook up with the best catch. Dodgy artwork, only outdone by the classic porn star. So there's another game that this guy knows who, so he's played a couple <laughs> of these games, but he gave it a six. He's a Everybody connoisseur, else, if you will. A connoisseur. Everyone else on the page gave it either a four or below. We got some ones, some twos, some threes, so some people that are not very happy with this game. And I wish I, I wish I could see their reasoning why why they hated it so much. Any, are you finding anything on Amazon or any of the other websites that might have this game for sale? That's the hardest part is finding where it's for sale. I think I found one seller, but I didn't find any reviews on Amazon. Hmm. That same seller was selling like erotica films. So that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Let's see. Yeah, Pimps and Hose listed as uh, collectible for one fifty and free shipping on on Amazon. There you go. That, that, this is an asset you got here, Garrett. This is an investment, really. We should be thanking. Can make it big. This. I could finally. I could and, make and, our money back. And I don't this. see it available on eBay. However, Cloud Pharmacy benefits. What is this? Oh. <laughs> what? You just following pop ups here? Yeah, right? I just followed a pop up. That was that was just porn. So uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so I believe I believe that is <laughs> Sorry, the, end of the president presence of uh, pimps and hoes online. There, yeah, surprisingly few because apparently they're wildly popular. At least they claim to be on their on their website as far as right. how many copies they had sold. It's funny. I feel like everyone had either just doesn't talk about the fact that they own this game, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe they've destroyed it, or maybe they threw it out. I, I'm wondering where all the the copies of Pimps and Hoes are floating. Uh, if they're, I wonder if it. I, I wonder where it was sold because like 2004 wasn't quite, if I remember, like Amazon peak or you know online right. retail peak. So where was it sold in like just adult toy shops or was it sold in like the back corners of Walmart or like that's a great question they they advertised it on their website they sold it on their website themselves and they also were asking um, they have this little link here that says do you own slash operate or work in a store that would carry our game and if so please reach out to us Got and then it. they also they also want to know if you host pleasure parties so they say um, that's just for personal reasons do you host pleasure parties or know someone that does we are currently seeking motivated women to distribute our product our game has proven to be an excellent icebreaker at these parties which i think is funny because the uh suggested playtime here is one to three hours so i'm not sure about an icebreaker. <laughs> what a weird icebreaker <laughs> it's like foreplay but like they're taking three hours to get through it <laughs> like people get really into the game if you're hosting a pleasure party i i like to imagine like you know a, a group of guys you know they uh they're, they're hosting this pleasure party they're playing this uh fine lady uh, $200 an hour. <laughs> she brings this game. She's like, let's break the ice with this. <laughs> Three hours later, uh, bye. <laughs> oh, you're out of money? See ya. <laughs> but, uh, well, I, I think since there are so few reviews out there floating for this game, we're, of course, going to have to write our own. But before we do that, we got to sort of compile our thoughts here. Does anyone want to start things off with their own personal rating for this game? I can go first if you guys want me to. So the first information that I'm going to need is, Garrett, do you happen to know how what I rated Brewopoly? Uh, a stunning three. Okay, a three. Well, first and foremost, this is the best variation on Monopoly that I played on this show and possibly in life. 
So, so in keeping with consistency here, you rated Monopoly for Millennials a 3.75. So just so you have okay. your scale here of what you've rated yeah. the Monopoly. Better than Monopoly for Millennials. Better by the one made by Hasbro and the the original, the, the people who actually own the rights to the game. And the reason for that not isn't necessarily the controversial uh, topics that they're you know choosing to lampoon inside the game, but rather the the depth that they're willing to put into making every repeatable action that the player takes unique. They're putting an effort into this game. When you usually see a Monopoly reskin, it is exactly that. It is a reskin. It is something that they are pursuing because they want to put in minimal effort. I sincerely think that we have two guys who sat in their garage, or three guys, or maybe even a lady was involved with the project. We don't know but who sat in the garage and cut out these pieces and made this game. They wrote every single card as ridiculous and offensive as each card is. There's effort that was put into it, and some of them are pretty funny. If you're able to laugh at blue humor, your jaw is going to be dropping quite a few times on this. I had fun playing this game. The competitive aspect of the mob boss cards was a great addition to it. The fact that you could play them instant instantly in order to try to chain their effectiveness, making them more beneficial <laughs> to you. And for example, I played a mob boss card on Garrett after he landed on one of his uh, his own uh, prostitute cards, one of his own hoe cards that allowed me to immediately take control of one of his one of his cards, forcing him to pay a fee which is you know it's a really nice sort of uh, a twist in the in the mechanics to be able to play that kind of card wherever you want to make it as most effective as it can be uh i i had fun playing the game the only thing that i would critique the things that i thought were wrong with it i thought the art style on the cards was a little was a little lacking you know the quality was a little down because usually it's just uh even on like the the hoe cards it's just the character on a white background with some text I complained, I think, about that with uh, the Desperate Housewives game. So I think that they, I would like to have seen a little bit more dynamic art there. In addition to, I don't like the way that they did the expansion pack and forcing you to land on those spaces. It felt a little cash grabby to me, same as Jeff said. Uh, but overall, I think it was a solid game. I could easily see myself playing this back when I was in college or if I was drunk or if you got me very drunk today and uh, I played it with uh, you guys. Uh, I'm not sure if I could play a full three hours, but this would definitely keep my attention longer than most Monopoly games. I could do this for probably at least an hour and a half uh, just because of the uniqueness of the cards. I'm going to give it a 5.5. All right. I can go next. Um, yeah, so I think, it, yeah, absolutely. In terms of Monopoly-style games, this is definitely the most complete. And I think thematically, this might be up there with one of the most thematic games that we've played in Roll and Move. Um, <laughs> because, like you said, they're creating canon. They're creating, like, a full storyline. Every kind of action feels, I guess, in line with what might happen in this very specific scenario of Pimps and Hoes. Um, <laughs> in the city of Hotropolis. In the city of Hotropolis. Yeah, if I were there, if I got teleported right now, this is what I would expect to be doing. Um, so yeah, I think I think all of those things, like the cards were well were were well thought out. There was you know different text for every specific scenario. Um, the storylines and the different actions. It felt like you were playing a story game in some instances, which is very far and away from other Monopoly games, which are more procedural and you kind of do the same actions over and over and it gets repetitive. And then at the two hour mark, you're like, let's go play something else. Right. Um, so yeah, I think all those things kind of check off. 
the art style to me is like very reminiscent of other games in in that era so i'm not gonna knock it too much um but like the ridiculousness in the over top over the topness is really funny because they take the same style that you would take like an educational game it, like it reminds seen, me of t-shirts you'd see in like Gatlinburg or like any just like super caricature city. Yeah. yeah you just see yeah, those like, caricature uh, t-shirts that are just like right. super trashy and yeah. just like, I'm going to open up a can of whoop ass on you if you stare yeah. at my or, kids again. <laughs> it's like, I like the ones that are on like spring break where it just yeah. says like it's, you'll see a tie dye shirt and it just says, you know, the F word on it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, that's it. There it's I am. just that. Oh, yeah. It's just like, it, like it's not the greatest art, but I think, considering that it knows it knows what it is right when it's presenting itself to to the to the players i think that's mm-hmm. it's fine that it kind of captures that um yeah but i agree i think the, the biggest drawback for me was that the empty spaces um it, it was it's kind of annoying that we had to like yes there are expansions but we can't use these spaces now so why not think about that down the stream when i do buy those expansions instead of um in front but yeah i think overall like probably one of the best um strangely one of the best monopoly style games we played i'm gonna also give it a i'm gonna also give it a 5.5 uh before you start your review i wanted to say something about uh what jeff said about the teleporting thing there was an actual mob boss card that told you your pimp <laughs> could teleport from spaces but as far as the writing goes they acknowledged that your Pimp was actually using some sort of street-based magic (laughs) to teleport. And they said, watch as your fellow pimp's jaws drop in amazement at your insane superpowers or something like that. And they gave you like a hundred bucks or something. Right. It's something ridiculous. Whereas a lesser board game would just say, "Move move your tile to anywhere you want on the board. To sort of like build the case that this game knows what it's doing thematically it acknowledges that you couldn't normally do that in the city of Hotropolis. And so you are temporarily using superpowers, which is bizarre. It's acknowledging its own lapse in logic. Kind of fourth wall in a way, yeah. Exactly. Very fourth wall. I've got the card here. It's it's almost like like an afterthought, too, where they're like, teleport to any space on the board you wish. Oh, yeah. Collect $100 from each rival pimp while they watch in amazement of your super pimp powers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> super pimp powers. I also forgot to mention one more thing in my review, but I'll, I'll capture it now. It's I like that there's actually cards in there that up the um, like the player interaction factor, but don't have anything to do with the game. So, like, the beer... There was, like, Beer Master card or whatever. You had to make sure everyone's right. drinks was full. I mean, it's a party game, like, you know, in, in a lot of ways. And it's meant to... Like, they like they say it's meant to break the ice. Um, and so I, if, if that's the intent, I think they did a pretty good job making sure that people were laughing, chuckling about the jokes and even, you know, making sure that everyone's having a good time and, and well greased, if you will. <laughs> that was, that was good. All right, Garrett, you got your review. Yeah. As far as the target demographic for this game, which they say it's an adult party game, it's supposed to be for jokes, for laughs. Um, it also says for icebreaker. I don't, I don't think it quite hits on that icebreaker scenario is like i'd certainly wouldn't want to i certainly yeah. wouldn't want to play this with like a co-worker that i met for the first time and be like oh dude another great rape joke that was awesome I <laughs> oh, no. a third hour in i think if you'd played it for 10 if you knew you're playing it for like a half hour or 20 minutes then you could use it as such but yeah i wouldn't play it for the full round but yeah i i it's just i i think it really hits on most of the things that it's setting out to achieve which is fun humor uh gags shock shock value for people with with dirty minds so so i i will give it high marks there i I think where it it doesn't hit on those things aside from what you guys have said is um again the playtime um three hours is just too much 
Um, I think maybe one, one thing they did do well was take out that artificial increase of economy by the 200 for passing go. I think even a further increase in that would be good. If you could get this game down to consistent hour, hour and a half, I think you're, I think you're doing great. Uh, this game sets out to, or achieves what it sets out to do. And I, I think that's what I'm going to judge it on for the most part. Um, with those things being set aside as far as like, I think it, it really kicks cards against humanity or any other, ad- quote unquote adult themed game out of the water yeah as far as just like there's the line okay whatever i'm going 100 miles past that like i'm just i'm just gonna like if this is gonna be an adult game let's make it an adult game and let's let's not flirt with euphemisms or or dumbing it down for anybody right like it's it's an adult game i feel like this game has sort of the you always look at uh here's a good example so if you look at a horror movie that was made in like the 1950s and the 1960s, it's never scary, right? Because uh, you're just like, oh, we've moved so, so far past that as a society. That doesn't scare me. That's like, you know, their their rated R was R rated PG-13. Things have sort of moved the, in, in the opposite way for like offensive games, right? I think Cards Against Humanity is so like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they said that in, right, in... 2019 where if you go back to like the early 2000s and like what people got got away with on tv (laughs) and and games it's the opposite right so this game's offensiveness like makes cards against humanity look like a episode of sesame street (laughs) right (laughs) it's 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 a really it's it's sort of a unique yeah inverse of the of the problems there with sort of how we how we've moved I, I just, I mean, I, I, as as far as the game that claims to be that, I appreciate its unapologetic, unapologetic nature of just embracing it and going for it and saying, "Yep, this is this is an adult game." And here we if go. You don't like it? Tough. Yeah. Don't don't play. Right, and it's not egregious with its uh, warnings like uh, Midnight Outburst. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's kind of weird. Uh, did you give it a rating there, Gare? Uh I'm actually going to go pretty high on this. I'm going to give it a seven and a half. Wow. Nice. Yeah, as far as Un- that's an unironic seven and unironic a half. Seven. I would pull this out and play if I could get it down to an hour and a half. Kind of just say, hey, we're gonna play that. I'm gonna set a timer. We're gonna play mm-hmm. till ten thirty, and uh, after that, we're done. And whoever has the most wins, I would totally pull this out because I think everyone's gonna be laughing, having a good time, and mm-hmm. that is the goal of this game. That's what it's setting out to achieve. Yeah, and certainly wow. things can be improved upon, but as far as like a game that you want to make people laugh and have fun with some adult themes. Yeah. This, I think this within its own mechanics part. of like trying yeah. to win, like by, by its own rules, it doesn't do a great job, but yeah, in, in terms of like getting people to play the game and like enjoy it and have fun, I, I definitely agree with you there. And I, I, I wish whoever made this game would just reveal their name. And I, I know if you want yeah. If, if one of our 85 weekly listeners is the person that made this game, uh, please, please reveal yourself because you, I, I, I think it would be great to see who, who had the balls to make this. Yeah. It's, it, most of our games don't wind up on your actual board game shelf. They, you're, they're usually tucked away. Will this game wind up in your actual collection shelf, Gary? I will be keeping this game, yeah. Awesome. Very cool. So we have our review here that we've uh, we've typed up, and uh, Garrett and I have taken care of that. Jeff, would you like to do the honors of reading what we're going to be sharing with the world? Absolutely. So I'm going to put on my pimp outfit here while I uh, <laughs> read this comment here. God, I wish I was a pimp. That would be so cool. <laughs> Getting wear those clothes with the feather and the hat. And the girls would have to listen to me when I talked. A lot of the terminology went over my head, though. If anyone could tell me what a mud stick is, I'd be very grateful. Please reply. Six out of ten. 
one of the higher ranking scores indeed yeah. i'm uh, i'm very excited hopefully hopefully we'll finally clear that up for you jeff and we'll figure out i, uh, I'm, I think i'm dying to know you maybe might be able to check urban dictionary to uh to sort of <laughs> help you out for there. the for but, the record uh, we are uh we we were at a 6.17 for the rough draft boys average board game geek mm-hmm. is a 3.3 3. we are well well off the mark here uh, getting back to the norm of just uh, just completely blowing our load over a game that Board Game Geek hates. So, uh... <laughs> Perfect. I, normally, I would be repulsed by that description, Garrett, but for this game, I guess it's totally It's on par, yeah. Uh, well, thank you guys for joining us today. If you would like to uh, go ahead and reach out to, uh, reach out to Jeff and tell him exactly uh, what some of these key vocab words, some glossary terms that we've covered today really are, you can reach out to him at Rough Draft Games on twitter and you can chat to us all about uh the uh, sex worker industry <laughs> if you are if you are the creator of this game like i said and you are the one one of our listeners please email us at roughdraftgames at gmail.com i'm pretty sure we have that voice disguising technology tom we got that we can throw yeah, it out we here. have that there we, we go totally have that. <laughs> so we're gonna get <laughs> you on the show we would love to have you and we would just love to pick your brain on how you came up with, with some of these jokes uh roughdraftgames at gmail.com if you want to come check out what games I play when I pet Roxy, come over to roughdraftgames.com and check out some of the thematic posts that we have around what I might eat or listen to or when I play these games. There's also other episodes of Roll and Move in case you want to go to something a bit more PG like, uh, you know, Brewopoly or maybe if you're under 21, then Monopoly mm-hmm. for Millennials or, uh, <laughs> you know, any of the games that, you know, won't get me in trouble at work. Um, yeah. And uh, and lastly, check out our new game that we're producing, All Rise, which should hopefully be kickstarting uh, here soon. But before we say goodbye, it would be a horrible mistake if we didn't go ahead and thank you guys who have gone onto iTunes and given us five stars. It really helps us out. It helps us create more content like this. Helps us spread the word on our little uh, board game movement that we're trying to do. And it's gonna it's gonna help us when we eventually get our game on Kickstarter because we're trying to uh, spread the word on what we're doing and. Uh, Eventually, we want to make our own games that other people can put on their shows where they're talking about bad board games, and uh, it's all it all it's all part of the plan. But we want to thank you guys who have put five stars on iTunes, and if you haven't yet, please do so. It really helps us out. Uh, t- Tom, Tom, hold on. I, I think I'm getting a virus from some of the links that I was looking at, so I, I, my oh, computer is shutting down. What do you? We have, how many windows are opening? I've right got. Now? Can I, you count I, them? I've, I've if you pay me fifty dollars, seventy-four, uh, seventy-seven. I will come 20, as the clinic and clean up. Here. Oh my god. Okay, I gotta shut down. We gotta go. <laughs> <laughs>